Hello, you are listening to Balanced Leadership Coaching, BLC Talk Podcast with LaTanya Black. Let's get to it. Welcome to BLC Talk Podcast, where it is all about business leaders, entrepreneurs, or any high-functioning individual who desires to develop and enhance their performance, both personally and professionally. And for leaders in need of an emergency work-life and self-care balance kit. And now, your host of BLC Talk, who specializes in personal development, work-life, and self-care balance, entrepreneur, business leader enthusiast, LaTanya Black. Hello, everyone. Thank you for stopping by and spending a little time with BLC Talk on this magnificent Monday. Today, I ask you to listen to this episode carefully as we discuss the importance of leading with compassion and understanding diversity and inclusion. I hope that after listening to this podcast, leaders will not only understand, but begin to value the importance of embracing and honoring diversity and inclusion, allowing themselves to lead with compassion. I know lately, all over the news and on the internet, we are hearing people reference diversity and inclusion. Although it's fantastic that the topic of conversation is about this, but the problem is that the two are so often lumped together and are assumed to be one of the same, but that's just not the case. In the context of the workplace, diversity equals representation. Ms. Myers, a Harvard-trained lawyer, puts it this way, diversity is being invited to the party Inclusion is being asked to dance. Again, diversity is being invited to the party. Inclusion is being asked to dance. I would like you all to take a quick, to do a quick exercise with me. I'm a visual person. And if you can, will you please close your eyes? I would like you to take your mind back to when you were younger and visualize yourself in middle school. You run home and you tell your parents and you tell all your peers that you're excited to be going to the middle school dance. Everyone in middle school got the invite, diversity. And the night of the dance, you have the perfect outfit. You and your girlfriends or your guy friends are all wearing matching outfits. You put a lot into what you're going to look like at the dance, how you're going to present yourself, and you're ready to have fun and dance your little life away. But something happens. You notice that all your peers are partnered up and are dancing, but you're not. You're left sitting all alone, feeling awkward and excluded from everybody. Everyone's having fun, but why are you sitting alone? You have the nice outfit on. You put in the same amount of time as everyone else getting together. You even rolled to the dance and went to the dance with your friends, but here you sit alone. Then out of nowhere, This charming guy or girl comes up from behind, tap you on the shoulder, and ask you to dance. That action at that moment is inclusion. That tap on the shoulder, someone inviting you in to be a part of what everyone else is doing because you've invested just as much time and energy into being in this place, being in that space, and in that moment, that is called inclusion. Before you open your eyes, I ask you to remember how being included in that moment felt to you at that dance, joining the rest of your peers. How did that make you feel? 
And today, I ask you as a leader to hang on to that emotion. And I hope, my hope is that that same feeling, that feeling of belonging, that you will vow as a leader and a person of influence never to make anyone that you are leading, that you are responsible for, feel excluded in the workplace. If you're an entrepreneur, if it's your team, whomever you have influence over or you are responsible for, you will always implement diversity as well as inclusion. So think about that, hold on to that, and take that with you. You can open your eyes now. I hope in my explaining, it helped you to wrap your mind around and embrace diversity and inclusion. Leadership is not about titles, positions, or flowcharts. It is about one life influencing another. The best management experiences I have had have little to do with the job itself, but more to do with the connections I made amongst the people I encountered, I supervised, and that I overseen every day and along the way. Let's talk a little bit about compassion. Why is it important? People are more now than ever seeking a more genuine sense of meaning in their workplace and a closer connection between what they do and how it adds value to not only their lives, but others as well. Leaders in particular are questioning if their work is purposeful and if it serves a greater good. Contrary to the opinions of some, the stage has been set and seasoned leaders, including myself, are witnessing the younger generation, tomorrow's leaders, marching and protesting in the streets for a new approach to how we lead, transcending the traditional ways and measures of performance. People are now prioritizing human conditions with the matter of the heart, front and center, which is why we see such diversity within the protesters worldwide. I'm a native Minnesotan, born and reared in South Minneapolis, the very side of town where the world witnessed the protesting and unjust killing of George Floyd. I share this today to say, I know and understand the pain my community is suffering. It saddens my heart to see the destruction of my childhood neighborhood and neighboring cities. The undeniable injustice, inequality, and systematic racism of these dangerous, challenging times we are all living in has once again surfaced by video for the world to see, and now it's gone worldwide. We're all witnessing the outpour of generational pain and hurt within the African-American community, as well as others who feel unheard, unwanted, and disposable. The African-American community has been deeply impacted by the deadly shootings of people of color at the hands of the very people who vowed to protect and serve us, law enforcement officials. These issues are not necessarily about individual incidents as much as it's about the systematic, systemic problems. I, along with many others, particularly in the African-American community, have had a tough time dealing with these incidents. You start to question, How much more of the unjust treatment can you take? How long would these incidents continue to happen? 
Are you and your loved ones safe? Will you be next? Communities are engulfed with the stressors of the world, both locally and nationally. Globally, we are all dealing with COVID-19, racially induced hate crimes, and riots, each having a long-lasting and damaging impact on the people around us and the communities we serve. Naturally, this is bound to blur the thin line dividing personal and professional lives in the workplace. Do you know that the average person, meaning you and I, will spend 90,000 hours, yes, I'm going to say that again, we will spend 90,000 hours at work over our lifetime, which will make a significant impact on our quality of life. With that, as a leader, you cannot expect an individual to disassociate themselves from work. It is humanly impossible. And we cannot deny the fact that the woes of the world and the events of disruption will make leaders, yourself as well as myself, start questioning what's the most sensitive way to lead without offending others. Life, the world is so sensitive right now. And with all of the racial issues going on and the conversations, as a leader, you don't want to offend anyone. So you want to know how do I have those tough conversations without being offensive? One of the most important things to do as a leader is to offer your team members and individuals your genuine support. Lean in and ask inquisitive questions. Be respectful and ask if it's okay for you to ask specific questions to help you increase your empathy of understanding, allowing yourself to feel what it's like to be in someone else's shoes. Leading this way will show that person, that team member, that individual, that you are concerned, you are genuinely concerned, and will help them regain their strength, build trust amongst you, the organization, the entire team, and it's going to help improve the performance of that particular individual because now they feel heard and appreciated. You're giving, you're giving them a sense of belonging and inclusion. There was this survey done with over a thousand leaders from 800 organizations. 91% said compassion is very important for their leadership. And 80% said they would like to enhance their compassion, but didn't know how. And many of the leaders believed that it was hard to balance results with compassion. Yet in the interview, when kindness was accurately defined, almost all leaders said it reflected what it looked like when they were leading at their best. Jeff Weiner, the former CEO or current, he was going to step down in June, the former or current CEO of LinkedIn, believes the biggest misconception about leading and managing with compassion is that of skill. He said most of the compassionate people he knows are typically the strongest. I have to say I 100% agree because I'm a very caring and compassionate, strong leader. I have led and been responsible for people in a mentorship program, an internship program, as well as teaching leadership, as well as training leadership. I have been in various roles of being in a position of influence amongst other people. And in that, in me correcting the people, the very people that I was leading, I totally and 100% 
believed in and leaned on compassion directness. And I say that because if I, as a leader, am not willing to take the steps to correct you and to help you grow, develop personally and professionally, then I am totally and actually doing a disservice to you on a personal level. Because the only way that you can excel, learn from your mistakes, the people that we're leading, learn how to do things better, enhance their performance, both personally and professionally, is if we as leaders are willing to lead with compassion, lead with kindness, but then when it's time to correct or mentor, we have to be willing to do that in a compassionate way by implementing compassion directness. I will be talking about that in future podcasts, all about compassion directness and leading with empathy, but I don't want you to look at compassionate leadership as a soft skill. It is a very powerful skill. It is a very powerful tool that you can use as you help the people that you are leading grow and mature and turn out to be the great successful leaders, future leaders that they are meant and designed to be. So you may ask, Latanya, how do I as a leader approach such a sensitive conversation especially if I'm of the opposite race. We're talking about compassion and inclusion and diversity, but if I am of another race, how do I approach that in a sensitive way that I don't offend? First, start by quickly acknowledging what's going on. You can't turn the blind eye and act as if you don't see it or that's their personal life. We're in the workplace now and I expect you to perform. Because remember, we just talked about that thin line between between professional and personal. So if you're spending over 90,000 hours of your life in the workplace, it is going to spill over. And as a leader, you are misinformed. You are not thinking clearly if you truly believe that people can disassociate that this is life and this is work. Yes, it is the professional thing to do. But spending that amount of time in the workplace, it is going to spill over. And as a leader, you have to set the atmosphere of how you will be able to respond to that in a positive way and keep the work atmosphere the way that it needs to be, to be able to function. So first, again, you're going to start off quickly by acknowledging what's going on. Ongoing trauma such as, such as the systematic and cultural oppression of minorities is a different beast altogether. I want you to be very clear of that. You are not there to solve the problems of their situation, but you have to acknowledge and understand and have empathy. And the process of healing begins with the simple act of just letting that team member, that individual know that I am here for you and then follow that up with kindness and understanding. I can't overemphasize the importance of acknowledging the impact that these injustices and events are having on your team members immediately, not later, but immediately. Acknowledge the situation, regardless of how uncomfortable you may feel with the topic. Remember, 
for you as a leader. This is a learning opportunity for you to grow and develop in your leadership. If you choose not to address it and let things just fester, it will only worsen. Leaders, you have to take ownership of setting the tone and the atmosphere for your workspace. You must provide a safe space where people can share and learn from each other. Make sure your teams know the resources that are available to them and then discuss ways they can get involved as change agents. If you want to see something differently, if you have an employee or an individual who wants to complain, you can have a conversation with them and say, well, how do you see this? How would you like to see things? How can you get involved and become a change agent? I would also suggest that when future situations come about, help your teams or employees channel their positive and negative emotions into building an honest and authentic work culture. You have to listen, acknowledge, and respond in ways that genuinely make a positive difference to mental and emotional well-being for the people you lead. You need to figure out ways in which they can contribute to breaking down existing barriers that divide and discriminate in your workplace of business. Don't ignore it. Again, don't act as if it's going to go away. I don't care if it's one of your fellow leaders, your coworkers. If you see that they are doing something that is not conducive to the workspace, that does not line up with compassion, inclusion, diversity, then that's a conversation that needs to be had. And you as a leader, you have to be willing to be uncomfortable in that moment if you are looking out for the emotional and well-being of the people that you lead. Ensure that the needs of those around you are recognized and respected. People, you should have the freedom to bring yourself to work as a leader. Your team should have the freedom to bring their whole genuine professional self to work. I'm going to share a story. Here's that time in the show. You guys all know I love stories. So when I worked in this uh, program for the Minneapolis Public Schools, it was an oral health care, preventive oral health care program for um, young children, adolescents, you know, kids that were in elementary. So when I first started working there, I was the first outreach worker, community health worker was the title. They had heard about community health workers, but they had never ever hired or worked with these outreach workers. So a couple of dentists got together and they created this nonprofit where they would go into the Minneapolis public schools and deliver preventive oral health care to the inner city school kids. Part of the um, qualification for the program was that these students received free and reduced lunch. So I put together this t outreach team. But when I first started working for the program, they had these beautiful flyers. And these are the little things that you have to pay attention to. They had these beautiful flyers telling you all about their programs. Um, it talked about the metrics, how many kids they had impacted, the reduction, you know, the numbers as far as kids that had tooth decay who no longer are dealing with cavity issues. So they had just everything beautifully laid out. However, when I looked at the brochure, now keep in mind, these, this program, and I'm not saying this was intentionally done, 
but the program was based out of the inner city schools. And across the United States, if you go to inner city schools, you see kids of color, brown kids, you see Asian kids, Hispanic kids, Somali children, um, just a diverse group of children. However, the team, the dentist was white, the uh, hygienist was white, the um, dental, the DAs, the dental assistants, the whole entire dental team were white Americans. The flyers were in the inner city schools. However, there weren't any pictures of any kids of color on the actual promo. So how are you selling this program to the community? But no, if I were to look at this flyer, I would think that I was out in some other prominent neighborhood. Never would have thought that you guys were providing care for the children in the community. So by me going into that position, being an African-American woman, I made it my mission to, as we opened up the internship program, to recruit people, outreach, outreach workers that looked like the communities that we served. And I can happily say, as the first person of color, although there was, I can't say I was the first person of color because there were two other Hispanic women working there, but they were dental assistants. I'm speaking of myself, an outreach worker, having direct connection and impact to the communities, going in the schools. By the time I left that program, we had interns that looked and reflected the communities that we served. There were Asian community health workers, Hispanic, Somali, African-American, and we went into the schools and we talked to the parents and there was just an automatic connection. And if you want to talk about metrics, our numbers doubled, if not tripled, because now we had people that could talk to the community in various languages and we were able to reach and communicate. So I share that today to say, when you're thinking about inclusion and diversity, if you don't see that in your workplace as a leader, it is your job to get together with the people that you work with and create that atmosphere if there is, a, they, I know there's a need for that. I'm not going to say if there is a need, there is a need. And we have to start thinking differently and looking at things from a different perspective through another person's lens. So people should have the freedom to bring their whole genuine professional self to work. Lastly, help your teams and employees get involved outside of work to help bridge social and cultural rifts in society. There is nothing more empowering than the ability to influence change. Find meaningful ways to help soothe the pain of our communities. Compassion is the key. The word compassion holds many meanings and it can be hard to define, but compassion is a powerful force in the workplace. Here are the three main elements of compassion. Recognizing or noticing when others are struggling, understanding and feeling for that person that is struggling, and responding or having the motivation to act and help relieve the struggle. In closing, I want to remind all the leaders who are listening to today's podcast, 
Compassionate leadership, compassionate leading, it isn't a soft skill. It's a leadership skill. It's a crucial, powerful skill. And leading with compassion is a win-win for all involved. I would like to share this African proverb as we close up in hopes as fellow leaders, you would implement this in your style of leading. And the African proverb says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. This concludes our episode for today. And I hope this podcast has allowed you to reflect on how you choose to show up as a leader. Have a wonderful week. Stay safe and take care. Thanks for joining us on BLC Talk. Make sure to visit us on Facebook at Balanced Leadership Coaching and on Instagram at blc.lifecoach. And be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify or Anchor. If you found value in the show, we'd appreciate your rating or your like on social media. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would be awesome too. If you want more from our host, you can check out Latanya's eBooks coming soon. Keep an eye out for these two titles, Personal Self-Development and One's Growth as a Leader, and Leaders Finding Work-Life Balance with Self-Care. We also invite you to join BLC's bi-weekly group coaching sessions, where we band together with LaTanya and other leaders to brainstorm on how to enhance your performance as a leader. Emerge competent, confident, and resilient. LaTanya Black is available for private coaching at balancedleadershipcoaching.com. Be sure to tune in bi-weekly for our next episode. And you can always find the release dates of our next BLC Talk podcast on social sites. Leaders, remember... Self-care is a non-negotiable standing appointment with yourself.